Okay, today I'm alone on this episode. Because no one came, they did sign up on the interface, but not in their minds. And sadly, I'll have to talk to myself for one whole hour. So, let's get this episode started. It's gonna be about sharing a system and all the meanings it could be about. Like files permission, security between users, changing route, containers, sharing input devices, and everything else. I hope you enjoy this episode. On Unix, everything is a file. And thus, in the beginning, they came up with a really nice system to set the permission and access right on those files. Basically, you have three categories that you can give access right on one file. The user category, the group category, and the world category. But what access rights? We have the read access rights, the write access right, and the execute access right. So basically on the file system, if you set one bit to true for one category, it will give that permission to this category. For instance, a group called audio will have the execute access on some certain files. Bonus point, the sticky mode. The sticky mode is not available on all Unix system, but basically what it does is that it doesn't allow any other individual to change the name or move the file or delete it if it's not owned by them. Some nice comments that you can use concerning access right are the ls with the l flag, the stat comment, and the chmod to change the mode the little bits read write execute so that's it about file permissions okay so you've got a bunch of users on a system and you've managed some users you put them in some groups so they don't interfere with each, each other but how do you manage all that first of all you've got to understand that every user has an ID a unique ID and every group also has a unique ID how do you change the mode on those files? You can use chmod to change the attributes read, write and execute. You can use chown to choose who owns the file, the group and the user. Or you can use chgrp, change group, to change the group who owns the file. How do you change it on the user itself? Which group the user belongs to? First of all, you have the new group command, which changes the default group the user creates file with. By default, it's the user private group, which is created at the, at the same time the user is created, which is usually the same as the username of the, of the users. You have the gpassword command, which added the slash etc group file the group add to create a new group or add group the group mod del group group del a bunch of comments to to delete and add groups or modify the users and those group permission are set in slash etc slash group and this file cannot be opened and edited directly you have to use a command which is vigr vi group which acts exactly like vi sudo to avoid multiple users opening at this editing it at the same time and creating conflicts the format of the file is simple it shows the user and the different IDs 
there's also slash etc and slash password which would show the group the user belongs to if you want if you edited those files manually you'll have to to use the command pwck to check the file integrity of slash etc slash password and grpck to check the integrity of the slash etc slash group file and that's about it about managing file permission okay that's nice for users that have already been created but what about new users on user creation you can give certain groups supplementary groups to a user for example you can give the floppy group audio group etc by using the command user add and adding the flat dash g other than that if you want to set the default attributes files are given when they are created for example when a user creates any file it will only be given right permission for the user itself and no one else it's something referred to as umask and to set the default one you have to edit the slash etc slash login devs file which also lists the number of failed attempt the the max delay between wrong passwords etc and to see the current umask you can issue the command umask s which will show the, the octal value used for the file permissions other than that at user creation some files are created and some process happen those files are located in slash etc slash scale it's the skeleton used at user creation so if you have a multiple user system you want to check those files and if you want to add new stuff at user creation you add them to this location obviously there are many other comments and we won't be able to list them during this podcast how do you limit the resources used by the users there are multiple ways to do that for example you limit quota access control list acl and c groups let's start with u limit it's a file located in slash etc security limits.conf and in this file you set on every line something you want to limit it could be the number of cores the number of processes the max RAM memory usage etc and it can be a soft limit or, or a hard limit quota control is something else it's a little flag you set on the disk itself and slash etc slash f stab and you you put the you put the quota on or off so that it limits file system usage per user it's more complex access control list could be set to be a group management access control on steroids it's the exact same thing but it comes with a different set of management tools get facl set facl c groups are a different thing it's a specific linux kernel feature to limit the usage of processes basically you have some limits memory limits cpu limits etc and they are different c groups to see which current session belongs to which c group you can cat proc self c group and for every group it's mapped inside slash sys fs c group memory the group name and the limit it would be way too hard to to change those files directly and so it comes with management tools such as ccg manager which which gives you a file slash etc slash cg config where you can set the groups limit for example you have a group called 
MATLAB and you give it permission to only admin and task and limited for some CPU sets and memory limits. What about securing that system between the users? You've got many things to take care of and this podcast is not about security but we'll still talk a bit about it. For example, you can edit etc login devs to set the time limit between password, the password aging, so the password will expire the next time the user logs in. If you want to do that manually, you can use the chh comment, which will change the user password expired information. Uh, if you use chroot right after login, you have to use the login system. If it's on Linux, it's the PAM pluggable authentication mo module for stricter password, CAPTCHA, auto lock on feature. The importance of using sudo instead of having su for every user it's something very important. You add people to the sudoers group. If you want to see who's on you can use the last, the fail log, the last log, the who, the w command and any any process manager such as top htop if it's a system uh, where you log in remotely you'll have to to manage the the keys ssh keys obviously you won't use password because it's not secure so check your sshd config and you might want depending on the situation to use a restricted shell a restricted shell to see if the slash etc slash shadow file is encrypted correctly. If it's a bcrypt password, you, you see the start of the password which with $C. And check the listening ports. It should be basic security. You've got some application running on that system, but you don't want the user to access the rest of the system. A nice thing would be to sandbox the user and not the application itself. Virtualization or not, you can use change root, ch root, which will change the whole root of the system inside a subdirectory. So the commands run will be taken from that root and not from the root of the whole system. What this, what this implies is that all the libraries will be loaded from this certain location. So if you, if you have a certain binary you want to give access to the users, you'll have to to, to put all the libraries also in that sub-location. To see the, the dependencies of that binary, you can use a command such as ldd. And if it, that, that binary depends on some uh, block files such as slash dev slash null slash dev slash zero, you'll have to create them yourself using mknull to create the block file. Fortunately, there are scripts that automatically do that to do jailing which people refer to. And I won't dwell a lot into this subject. Okay, but I'll say something magic. Something we refer to as union file system. It's a file system you mount over another file system and when the two locations are the same and the trees, they are merged together if the file system is coherent. Container is such a fancy word these days, but what are they? They are ch-rooted environment that have their own IP and their own set of libraries and that don't interact with the rest of the system. They have their own namespaces using cgroups and 
other methods of restricted, uh, restricting this part of the system to interact with the rest. So that's about containers. It could also be a virtualized environment, but that's another story. I've got my own version of sharing a system, and it's with X input. Have you ever seen that movie scene where two people come and use the same keyboard at the same time? Well, that's about it. X input lets you uh, manipulate the input devices connected and for example if you have two mouses and you want two pointer, two pointers, two cursors well you can do that and every mouse will control, control a different cursor and it's pretty fun but I've tried it on um, Ubuntu first and it did crash the system because it, it couldn't support it and then I tried it on 2BWM and it didn't crash the, crash the system I'm not sure how it would work because you cannot know which window it's is focused at the at the exact moment if two people move two different mouses at the same time but i guess that's a weird definition of sharing a system this is the part where we talk about the last week review last week we were discussing distro hopping and uh, we didn't mention Ricerus because uh, when we switch from one distro to another you want to keep your dots and Ricerus which was a Nixers project helps you helps you manage your dots file or you can use any any program to manage the dots file also we mentioned uh, the list of supported hardware per per, per operating system and we said that on uh, OpenBSD it wasn't listed though we said that on Linux it wasn't listed, but actually you can list it using the, the kernel command menu config. And RockX mentioned on IRC that 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 there is support for op for OpenBSD for the 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 NVIDIA driver. And um, I also found a list of supported hardware for NetBSD and a bunch of architecture. So, I hope that this will bring some clarification. This is the added section of the podcast where we talk about what we did during the week. And what did I do during the week? I waited for people who didn't come to the podcast. <laughs> well, that's about it. Have a nice day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. See y'all.